You're listening to Integration Redesigned, the podcast that unpacks ideas, trends, and topics that directly impact developers and tech professionals. Join us as we learn from experts who are innovating and developing emerging tech with the world's leading brands. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode on Cape Port. And I'm joined today by Tam Ayers, our field CTO for North America. Hey, Tam. Hey, Kate. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. So today we're going to be talking about shocking uh, integration strategy, a topic that I think we've been mulling over uh, after we got this state of integration report. And, you know, of course, it's a core to our business. Um, but very excited to have that be part of our conversation and topic today. So in the report, jumping right in, there are some, what I would call jaw-dropping statistics around the need for an integration strategy and what the result of either having or not having one of those might be. 7% of the respondents said that they have an integration strategy, which means that the majority of IT leaders don't have one. Shocking to me when we think that it's the foundation of how to build. I think that the impact of that is then fairly profound. Um, you know, we, we talked about this uh, internally for sure, and, and we talk a lot to, to external resources, but the impact to not having that strategy means lack of innovation, wasted resources, maybe even rework because you're not thinking through that strategy. If you were going to give someone advice on how to implement an integration strategy, which feels very overwhelming, what might you say? This is a great question and, and something that I'm, I'm talking with a lot of different CIOs and, and senior IT leaders about on a constant basis. But if I kind of think back over the, the things that I've heard in the past two years of, of talking to, to, to these different leaders, you know, it's interesting that the report, it kind of echoes what's in the report. It's interesting the report says that, you know, 7% is that's, that's it from an enterprise integration strategy. But that doesn't necessarily mean that only 7% have integrations, right? Every single company has some kind of integrations, but it's just more of a, it's more of an ad hoc or it's kind of to project specific versus taking a step back and looking at it on a whole. And those outcomes that you're saying are, are, are profound. And, and we see that anecdotally across all these different companies that we're talking to around much area for improvement. So when I'm consulting with these, with these leaders and they're asking me the question of how, how, where do they get started? The first thing I answer is let's take all the technology out of it. And that might sound shocking because we're literally trying to integrate pieces of technology, but, but let's take your existing kind of stack tech stack out of it, or the existing solutions that are on the shelf that you have right now out of it and say, based on where we are and the goals that we have for the business, what are we ultimately looking to do when it comes to integration? What are the business objectives that we're trying to solve? Is it something around AI or personalization or reporting, right? What are the ultimate business drivers for, for, for integration? And where is data, where is this, this data coming from and going to, right? Then you start to look at those technology solutions. Because I think that the biggest thing to remember is that protocols, while we're, we're probably in what we would say the third iteration of APIs now as they've kind of evolved and become the de facto you know, state for, for, for building out integrations, 
there's many different types of integrations outside of REST and, and more modern things that, that didn't even exist years ago, right? So if you start thinking about like things like Kafka topics and, um, and, and more of an event-driven architecture on that side, right? Synchronous versus asynchronous, moving to more uh, less batch-driven processes and more of a microservices approach um, when it comes to, to in real time when it comes to, to data flows. And so we've seen very rapidly how the, the landscape of integrations and the demands of the business have changed. So if you're coming up with a strategy or, or kind of enhancing your, your ad hoc strategy to try to get your arms around it, the first, you know, the, the second things I, I kind of say to look in there out, outside of taking a step back and looking at the business objective is how do we enable a strategy that's going to be as flexible as possible so that we're not revisiting, you know, all of our integrations or, or the approach in another couple years. And so having more of a framework, but then freedom within that framework to be able to build integrations the way that your business needs. I think so many times IT leaders um, are inundated with different technologies and different from, from a sales perspective or from their existing stack. And they're trying to figure out what do we already have that makes it work, right? What is this platform? Maybe it's SAP or, a, or, or it's a Salesforce or, or, or even ServiceNow like that they have from an integration perspective to get this done so we don't have to bring anything else in. And the real problem is that a lot of these solutions, especially if they're already attached to like a system of record, a lot of them are purpose built for getting data in and out of that one solution, but not really encompassing an enterprise wide integration approach. And so what is the true cost of yes, you might already have some software, but maybe you're not licensed for the integration components or pieces of it. But but what's the true cost to innovation to wasted resources to closing different skills gaps to to changing your approach to integrations based on what, you know, a tool that's already in your arsenal has versus taking a step back and saying, what are we ultimately trying to do? And, and that's where, you know, from, from our approach, we looked at it to, and, and looked at this report to validate or to, to, to disprove our thoughts. And we, this report actually validated our thoughts and saying that, hey, people need to be able to connect from any data source to any data type um, and, and get that data to any destination. And so I would say that if you take a step back and start thinking, I want to build integrations the way we want to build them to truly enable business value versus am I changing the way that I'm integrating based on some tool that I already have or some or, or trying to avoid cost in some way versus not fully considering what is it going to actually cost to manage that full life cycle and is it going to impede innovation? So taking a step back and building the integrations the way you want them to be built to enable the value versus how, how some solution says you have to do it because you already own it. I think it's so powerful to think about how something can work for your business. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because is there an answer, right? I mean, when we think about some of the advice that you just gave, those processes, those steps, we started with a business objective. Then we moved into, okay, find, find a partner, find a tool that can actually work and, and get those things done. What about the gap we always talk about this in software development. You don't know what you don't know, right? And things are going to change fairly dramatically, I think, in any industry over the next two to five years. How do you future-proof the strategy that you're building now for what that future looks like? And I think it builds on what you just said, but I, 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 want, I want to kind of drill into that a little bit. Right. And, and, and so, you know, you look at you know, legacy ESBs, enterprise service buses that are out there now, and people are ripping those out, right? Thinking that that was the way to align their strategy back then, right? Because it wasn't flexible. It was too rigid. And it was purpose-built for specific on-prem, you know, situations, right? And while some companies are migrating those to the cloud, 
they're just kind of kicking that can down the, down the road, right? And so if you start looking at different trends that are out there, cloud's not going away. Microservices aren't going away. You want to kind of look at your strategy and say, okay, yes, we need to enable the tactical right now in the next, you know, one year, two years. But what is this going to look like in five years based on different trends? And is the solution that I'm aligning to, is that also adapting and keeping their finger on the pulse of market trends and, and um, you know, the status of the landscape and making sure that they're continuing to innovate? Because I'm going to have to make a decision if I'm a CIO of where I'm investing my innovation dollars. Am I, in, am I innovating on things that are going to deliver business value or am I innovating on, on my integration stack because it then ultimately enables some other kind of innovation later? So what I'd say is if you're going to ride the innovation curve of a company that provides an integration solution or any solution really is, are they really aligned with the market and where it's going? And are they going to be able to be future-proofed to where I don't have to spend as a CIO my money on on investing in that piece because I know that that provider is going to do it. Because at the end of the day, that's what you're paying for when it comes to buying off-the-shelf solutions. You're paying for their innovation. You're paying for their support, their features, et cetera. So you don't have to worry about that. And so thinking about a solution that's going to empower that flexibility, because to your earlier point, there is no one-size-fits-all solution. No two businesses are going to have the exact same integration use cases. No two businesses are going to have the same exact approach for solving it. So there's flexibility in the moment for how you want to build out these integrations. But also, what does the future look like so that I have one solution or a a simplified stack that's going to allow me to build whatever my heart desires or whatever the business needs moving forward. And I think that where where people get kind of, they get sold on on a short-term gain of of potential accelerators or pre-built connectors or, 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 you know, off-the-shelf products that we already have in our stack today. And they kind of, they kind of, give not give up but they kind of uh they're kind of not considering as much of those future use cases of is this ultimately going to get me the mileage that i need to out of it before i have to then re-implement it again and and our state of integration report is showing that people are constantly re-implementing integrations why is that and 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 when it doesn't have to be that way when we can we can still get the agility out of the modern solutions that are out there like our platform today around building and managing faster but also future-proofing and making it resilient because we're continuing to innovate um, when it comes to that area. So really thinking about the future and not compromising for the short-term wins now. Don't compromise for the future. I I love that because it's such a critical part of how you move forward. We think about agile methodologies that have been put in place, right? One of those key pieces is the ability to respond to change versus following a plan. Uh, And those are fairly new 10 to 15 year uh, uh, agile principles that came out. And I think integration has to be a part of that, right? Because integration is typically driven from development. We want to think about the business. Obviously, that's going to drive what our strategy uh, does and how it moves forward. But I think really good pieces of advice here to have people implement uh, their own integration strategies. So thank you once again, Tam, for joining us. Uh, Always a pleasure to have you. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Kate. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Integration Redesigned. To learn more about how DigiB can help your team connect and integrate systems at scale, visit digib.com. Thanks for listening. 